Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is time for another episode of The Pit, Politics in Trucking. We got a special edition of the show for you today. We're going to focus on one thing and one thing only. And I believe it's probably the most important episode of The Pit I've done in quite some time. So I don't know how long this is going to take. It might actually go quick. Really just depends on how much time I spend on each one of these. Um, I really didn't write out a lot of notes. Um, uh, I've done a lot of reading, done a lot of thinking about this, but I'm mostly going to freeform this. So might be quick, might be long. I'm not sure yet, but we're going to jump in and get started. Here is the theme for today. It's the midterm elections. Probably the most important thing going on politically right now that I can think of. I, I've said several times over the last uh, year and a half or so that I really don't understand what the Democrats are doing. I don't understand what the Democrats are thinking. They are pushing some really unpopular ideas when you look at polling. They are not doing well in most of the polls, although every now and then a poll shows up that seems kind of odd. So we have to change something. And I'm not totally convinced that the Republicans are going to do much better with these issues because I haven't heard much from them. But it's got to be better than what we have now. If the Republicans can regain control of the House and the Senate both, then we can at least kind of at least get to a stalemate where we're not doing much of anything. And for right now, that might be a better thing for the government. Hopefully, we can actually turn a few things around. I kind of doubt it. But if the Democrats were to maintain power, or what if they actually gained a little? It's not out of the question. There are 33 Senate rates, races uh, happening. There are 33 Senate seats up for grabs. Really, only nine of them matter. That's what we're going to focus on today the nine that really matter, the polls right now, and we're only five weeks out, the polls right now are not conclusive. It could go either way based on the polls. I'm a little shocked at the polls, really. That, that's what's got me confused. I don't know what the Democrats are thinking. And there's a lot of Really bad stuff going on in the country right now. We've been talking about it for quite some time. The border, crime, uh, the war, all the money we're spending, inflation, our energy policies. Uh, did I mention the southern border? Did I mention crime? All, all these things. I mean, there's, there's not much positive news in the country right now. The real estate market's a mess. The... Re, uh, Financial markets are a mess. There's really not a lot positive right now. And yet, I'm shocked at the numbers in the polls that they're as close as they are. I really don't think they should be. Now, many times the polls have been way wrong. Uh, 
The polls have been wrong recently in some of the primaries. They've been way off. We know they were way off in the 2016 election. I don't know why they're off. That, that confuses me. So what I'm hoping to do today, I'm hoping to, I'm talking to very specific people today. I am talking to people who are voting in one of these nine states where the Senate races really matter. Like I said, there's actually 33 Senate seats, but um, today is really about talking to the people in the states of Arizona, Georgia, Florida, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Wisconsin. Those are the nine states that I'm focusing on today. And if you live in one of those states, this show is for you. You have to vote. That's really where we're at right now. This is hard to predict because it's hard to predict voter turnout. And that's what's going to drive this. Who is more motivated to turn out? I would believe, based on what I'm seeing, that the Republicans should be more motivated. There's more going on right now, and there's more that has been going on over the last couple of years that I think we are unhappy with and disagree with. You know, when it comes to the issues the Democrats seem to be really unhappy about, it's abortion. Um, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that abortion can, can sway elections. I, I really do. I, I just don't see where abortion is a big enough issue for enough people. But I don't know. Um, the Democrats think it's going to be enough for them, but we'll see. There's a lot of other issues going on. So let's, uh, let's jump into these states. Like I said, this might go quick. Uh, I just want to kind of give you a rundown of what's going on in each race. So in Arizona, the incumbent, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to treat this as though I'm talking to people who might not know a lot about politics. I'm going to treat this like an episode of Back to the Basics. I'm not going to assume you know anything. I'm going to explain each step of this. So if it seems really basic, it is. But I, I want to help people start to understand how these races work. So the incumbent, that's the person who already holds that office, and they are running for re-election. And then there will be a challenger. Uh, in There may be multiple challengers. In most races, probably not. We have primaries that usually take care of that. But it's possible you could see an independent in the race. You could see a libertarian in the race. You could see a Green Party member in the race. Um, but we have an incumbent. That's the person who holds the office currently. And they're not always running for re-election. Sometimes they're in, I think we have at least one race out of these nine, maybe more than one, where there is no incumbent. Everybody is new in that race. So those are the kind of things I want to let you know. So we're talking about Arizona. This is a Senate race. We're talking about the Senate now, not the House. Now, 
this applies in the house, but that's the house is a lot more complicated. What is four hundred and thirty-five seats? I don't. I haven't even really looked yet to see how many are up and um, the house. I, I think I'm going to try to do a show about it. It's uh, significantly more complicated to follow, and in house races you have to know who your representative is. What district do you vote in? So the House gets a lot more complicated. Senate is pretty straightforward. Every state gets two senators. So everybody in the state is voting for senators, just two of them. It's not like a House where, my God, you look at California and House races in California are wildly complicated. There's so many districts. This is pretty straightforward. So in Arizona, the um, incumbent is Mark Kelly. He is a Democrat. Um, He is the incumbent, but this is the first full Senate term he's running for. He won a uh, special election here recently. Um, That's why he holds that seat right now. But this is the first time he's running uh, for the Senate um, right now, um, Blake Masters, I don't know why I don't have a note about this. I, I'm looking at my notes. I should have had the note about who the, uh, the challenger is. I'm pretty sure it's Blake Masters. Um, Arizona, ha- they've already had their primary. Theirs was in August. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Blake Masters. There were nine Republicans, um, We'll see how that one goes. We're going to move on. Next state up for grabs is Georgia. So remember, the whole point of the show today, I'm really talking to the people who can vote in these states, who are voting for a Senate candidate. If you're not sure if you are, you need to go look. I'm giving you the states. The whole point here is to get people who might not vote to go vote. We need people to show up. We need to change the balance of power in Washington. So far, and I would debate anybody about this, so far, with the Democrats running everything, it's a disaster. really is. We, we need to shake things up. So, um, Georgia, there was actually some recent news just this week, today, um, a lot going on in this Georgia race So the incumbent, again, a Democrat, Raphael Warnock, is the Democrat. This is a big one. Um, He is being challenged by Herschel Walker, former Heisman Trophy winner, football player. A lot of people who know know who um, Herschel Walker is. Herschel Walker is also endorsed by Trump. That's a, a one of the big issues and stories about this primary is, or not not the primary, the midterm, um, how well are Trump-endorsed candidates going to do? That's a, a big issue. So far in primaries, they've done really well. Now, there's a confusing factor here, though. In some states, the Democrats were actually spending money, millions of dollars, to promote specific Republicans in the primaries. This is crazy. I don't ever remember this happening. 
And here was their thought process. The Democrats believe that if Trump endorses a candidate, that candidate is too extreme. That's their belief. They, though, think that if they can get that Trump-endorsed candidate to win in the primary, that it will be easier to beat that person in the midterm. So the Democrats were actually spending money, lots of money, promoting the Trump candidates. That's a really screwy system. That's just kind of a mess, honestly. Um, So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, What happened, uh, the news right now. So uh, Herschel Walker is a conservative, Republican, anti-abortion, pro-life. The news has come out. I I believe there might even be two stories going on. It's hard to keep up with um, that. He actually paid for one of his girlfriends to get an abortion. Uh, That's one of the scandals. His son also came out with uh, uh, some pretty derogatory news about um, growing up with him. So I don't know whether any of this stuff is true or not. The one thing that just drives me crazy about stories like this, why do they only come out when the person is, you know, showing like they might win? Whoever this woman is, I I get it. She's bringing this to light now because, you know, he's he is a pro-life candidate and he's running for a race. But all of these crazy stories seem to come out right when we're in. Um, the run-up to the election. So we'll see if this changes anything or not. Uh, The polls on this one, if I remember right, I think uh, the polls are kind of all over the board, but for the most part, I think this one's fairly close. Um, Next one, Florida. Uh, The incumbent here is a Republican. Uh, Marco Rubio, the challenger, uh, who's the challenger on this one? Uh, Val Demings, Val Demings, the, uh, Democrat. She's an Orlando area, uh, Congresswoman. And she was actually looked at as a potential vice president, uh, pick for Biden, um, So we'll have to see what happens with that one. I'm pretty sure that the Republicans are probably pretty safe in Florida. Um, Nevada, this is an interesting race. Uh, Again, in this case, the incumbent is a Democrat. Uh, Who is the challenger? Um, the former attorney general in Nevada, uh, what Laxalt, I think is his name, Adam Laxalt. He is the Trump endorsed uh, candidate. He's also the grandson of a former Nevada governor um, and senator. So we'll see where that one goes. Um, the one thing that's interesting about this so far, almost every race other than Florida, the incumbent is a Democrat. The Democrats have a lot more to lose here. I mean, the Democrats are holding on to the Senate by the skin of their teeth right now. Uh, in fact, they have to have uh, Vice President 
Kamala as the tiebreaker. That's how close this is. So most of these key races that are too close to call, uh, most of them are Democrat incumbents. Uh, the next one, New Hampshire, uh, Maggie Hassan. Hassan uh, is a Democrat. She's the incumbent. Um, I believe, um, who is running in this one? I forgot the um, Sununu was supposed to run. Um, he used to be, a, a, well, he is the governor. I think he decided not to. Uh, I think it might be Chuck Morse, I believe, might be the candidate there. This is the one I, I just know the least about. I'm not familiar with either one of these candidates. This is a tough one to pick. Um, we'll move on to the next one. North Carolina, this is one of those where there's an open seat. The, um, the current incumbent, who is a Republican, is just retiring. So this is a seat where the Republicans could actually lose some ground, or if they win, that just kind of they just hold their own on this one. Uh, so again, this the incumbent is a Republican, but he's retiring. So this is an open seat. Um, Sherry Beasley, I believe, is the uh, the Democrat that's running. Um, that's an interesting race. Like I say, I can't pick that one at all. The next one, there's a lot of attention around this race. And boy, I, I got to tell you, I, I watch this and I'm just a little confused. Uh, this is the Pennsylvania race. This is another open seat. So this is a total toss-up. The two most likely um, candidates here, the... Democrat is the current lieutenant governor in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman. I had no idea who this guy is. Now I do know who he is, and I swear he's a total nut job. I am shocked that, you know, I always thought of Pennsylvania as quite a bit more conservative than this, but uh, this guy is just a whack job, very, very far left progressive, that's one issue, but he's just, honestly, he's just not very intelligent. And he had a stroke recently. And I don't want to pick on somebody for having a stroke, but this is an important, very important public office. You're either physically capable of doing the job or not. And I don't think he is. Like I said, he wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer before. Now... Uh, it's kind of bizarre watching him speak. I just can't imagine this guy in the Senate. I can't imagine him as the, you know, deputy governor. Is that the right term? Uh, lieutenant governor of, um, of Pennsylvania, but he is. I certainly hope he doesn't win the seat. Now, honestly, I'm not real wild about the challenger either. Um Lots of people are familiar with them. It's, uh, oh, shoot, I just drew a blank. He's the do doctor, Dr. Oz, the TV doctor. Uh, and I, I, I'm not wild about him because of a lot of the goofy medical advice he's given over the years. He just seems to be all over the board on medical stuff. It almost seems like 
he's willing to say whatever somebody pays him to say. Uh, so I'm not real wild about him, but I'd much rather have him than Fetterman. So if you are a Pennsylvania voter, um, by the way, this show right now is uh, purely recorded. We don't have any open phone lines, but I would love to hear from you. So you can call on any free for all segment. You could send me a message on healthy tribe or trucking tribe, either one. I, I'd love to hear any feedback or any opinion you've got on, on uh, any of these issues. Let's uh, let's move on to the next race, which is Ohio. This is another open seat. So this one's totally up for grabs. The um, the guy that I like in this race, um, I really like J.D. Vance. Uh, I became familiar with J.D. Vance just in the last couple of years. He wrote a really good book. Um, he wrote a book called Hillbilly Elegy, and it's really about his life. It's almost autobiographical. He grew up in really rural West Virginia, um, but is extremely intelligent. He's one of those really smart guys, um, managed to make it into, is it Yale? Yale Law School, I believe. Um, just a, like I said, a really interesting guy. Um, I like him a lot. I, 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 if I were able to vote, I'd be voting for uh, him. He's running against uh, Tim Ryan. Um, Ryan had a short run for president in 2020. That's probably why you might recognize his name. This, uh, like all the rest, will be an interesting race. I think it's going to be a nail-biter. The All of the polls on these races, there are no runaways. These are all close. Um, many of them are even within the margin of error. The others are just within a couple of points of the margin of error. And there's a lot of these polls or races where the polls are just kind of all over the board. Uh, this next one, Wisconsin. This is, uh, the Republicans could lose a seat here because the current incumbent, uh, Ron Johnson, is a Republican. So this one is important. The uh, Can't really lose this one. Uh, I believe, and this is the last race, I think. I think I've covered all of them now. Um, I think the Democrat you're going to see here is Mandela Barnes. Um, he's the lieutenant governor there in Wisconsin now. So I have a feeling that um, that's going to be a close race. All of these, though, are really close. The important part and the whole reason for doing the show is not really to get into the issues. It's simply to encourage people, if you are in one of these states, if you have the ability to vote in these races, then vote. This is going to come down to turnout. Um, I don't know why I bother saying this, but if you're a Democrat and you want to tell me why any of these Democratic candidates should be the winner, I'd love to hear it. I've been asking for some kind of feedback from somebody who votes Democrat for two years now, and it's just crickets, not hearing from anybody. 
I, I, I really, I, and I'm sincere about this, I, I'm not, I don't want to debate anybody. I, I, I do not want to debate politics anymore. Um, I, I would be open to just hear somebody's opinion, let you say whatever you want to say. I might ask you a question or two, but I'm not, not going to debate. I just really would love to know what Democrat voters are thinking these days. What do you think about this administration? What do you think about all these issues? What do you think about the border? What do you think about the way we left Afghanistan? What do you think about how much money we're spending in Ukraine? What about crime? What about inflation? What about our energy policy? I've never seen our country in shambles like this. You know, we keep comparing it to 40 years ago with Carter in the early 80s, and I I remember that, but I wasn't into politics. I didn't understand politics. I couldn't have told you back then how many senators we had or how many congresspeople we had or representatives or, hell, I could barely tell you about the three branches of government. But I do remember what the economy was like during that time, what jobs were like, what borrowing money was like, what mortgage rates were like. I, I remember how bad that was. You know, I people today, I don't, you know, I guess if you're like, oh, I don't know, 35 and under, maybe even 40, trying to think of somebody like that when, when we really had a very, very tough job economy. I, I'm not thinking of any. So what I remember about that time, just getting out of high school and you're looking for your first job, is job hunting back then was go fill out 20 or 25 applications if you could get that many done in a day. And you had to hustle because you had to go physically to the place of business to put in an application. You couldn't go online and do any of this stuff. You had to drive around and knock on doors and ask for applications and fill them out. And doing 25 or 10 a day or whatever you could get done. And you would just do it day after day after day. You, and you might not get any response. I, there are a lot of people in our country today that have no idea what that's like. The exact opposite would happen today. My God, you can almost sit at home and somebody will come find you and give you a job. What a difference. That's the only difference, though. Everything else that we were dealing with with the economy back then seems to be happening again. The only difference right now, and I don't think it's going to last, the only difference right now, there are jobs everywhere. Everywhere. We were just talking with somebody uh, yesterday. Um, They own a restaurant. They were calling for advice about truck drivers. And, you know, my answer was there's nothing special about truck drivers right now in that they're hard to hire. Everybody's hard to hire. The difference is it's been hard to hire truck drivers for 25 years. But it's no different. It's this goofy economy we're in. That's the, uh, that's the wild card here. So I just think we are at the point where we need to shake this up. 
I really, like I said, I, I just hope we, we shift both the House and the Senate and the Democrats can't get anything done. The Republicans won't be able to get anything done either. Um, Joe Biden will continue to try to do things with executive order, but we'll have a little bit more power and we can at least kind of keep the status quo for the next two years. And then who knows what could happen in the next presidential election. That's just hard to even think about right now. So it's all about voting. We are five weeks away. I don't know in these nine states if you're registered already, if you're not registered. If you're not, you better check. I don't know what the timelines are in those states. Probably different in all nine. But really, really commit to voting this year. All of us, everybody. Even if you completely disagree with me and you're going to vote for all Democrats, go vote. We just need to get people more involved in our political system. This is a good opportunity. Unfortunately, in politics, we have been crying wolf my whole life. I've done it. Everybody does it. It's a shame because it kind of sucks right now. We've all, every time an election comes up, we keep saying this is the most important election. This is the most, every new election, we've been saying it for so long, it now becomes meaningless. And yet this is when it really does matter. This is an important election. All of them are. But we are really at a crossroads in our country, I think. Two more years of what the Democrats have done for the last two years, and I can't imagine what our country is going to look like. I'm not very optimistic that the Republicans are going to make any major changes, but I hope we can at least turn around some of the really stupid things we're doing right now and and maybe just create a stalemate in Washington and let the free market try to get us through this downturn as easy as possible. If the, if the Democrats stay in power, I, it's going to be hard to predict what could happen. But I can tell you this, it's not going to be good. And two more years of this and, and our country is going to be in a shambles. So I, I'd love to hear some feedback on this. Uh, like I say, call me during a free-for-all segment and tell me what you think or drop me a message. Start a post on uh, either Healthy Tribe or TruckingTribe.com would be fine. All right, I'm going to wrap this up for today. We will see you, oh, I don't know. We'll see you next show whenever that happens to be. If you're not a member of either one of the websites, come on over and join them both. Truckingtribe.com, we cover everything over there, all the trucking issues, taxes, fuel mileage, maintenance, authority, rates, you name it, everything there. And then HealthyTribe.com. We do say pretty focused on health over there, but uh, occasionally we'll post some things on politics just to get some feedback. So come on over and join those two sites, HealthyTribe.com and TruckingTribe.com. And don't forget, we really do appreciate it. I try not to say it all the time. Um, I don't want to be sounding like an infomercial over and over and over, but we really do depend on uh, the store for our revenue these days. And we appreciate your support in the store. We've got some exciting new products in there. Again, I mean, 
I'm not even sure if I can talk about some of this stuff yet. So you're just going to have to go look and see yourself. Lots of new, really exciting stuff in the store. We appreciate your support. We really do. Head on over there now. It's letstruck.com. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.